0: You are listening to The Unlikely Felon Podcast, episode number 14. Welcome to The Unlikely Felon Livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young. Hope you're having a great week wherever you are. It's uh, just fantastic weather where I'm at. Although I believe we're supposed to get rain and maybe even snow on uh, Friday, which is <laughs> seems, seems kind of bizarre for May. But uh, hope you're hope you're having a great week. I'm uh, WC, and this podcast is for you if you have challenges in life and want to overcome them if you don't, probably not uh, for you. But uh, last, last week's podcast, we talked about high need for approval. And I mentioned falling in, love, falling in love with the process. And the more I thought about it, the more people need to hear this concept. So I thought we'd get into it today. Very quickly, had a podcast review come in from uh, Jenny in Orlando. I actually love Orlando. My daughter has done several volleyball club tournaments there. Uh, AAU is, has big tournaments there. And Jenny said, I'm enjoying how authentic and vulnerable you are and finding myself being more honest in my own life. Thank you. Thank you for a uh, great re- re- review. Please uh, please keep those coming. It's been great. On today's show, what do I mean by the process of when I say falling in love with that process? Like, what what is that about? What's the other side might be if you're driven only by your results? So we'll talk about that. And this week's, what we should have done, we'll take care of... Uh, Doing your job as a caregiver. Really get into that. I think it's an interesting process and very quickly talk about that. Inspiration from Chloe Campus. I'm sure you've never heard of her, but wait till you hear how she lost a hundred pounds and then finish with some quick steps to actually fall in love with the process. So what do I mean when I say that? And to understand, you have to kind of you have to look at the other side of it, which I'm slowly recovering from this, but it's being just a results oriented person where the ends or the end justifies the means. And, and what I mean is when you do this, when you're only results oriented, you're thinking that it's just, how do I win? What's the end? How do I get there? And it leads you to take shortcuts, which I obviously did with our situation and our case. You ignore what you've learned Sometimes you become blind to even the high-level strategies that you've worked on, and then it's hard to incorporate those into your life. And it, a, lot, a lot of times it stops you from making the changes you need to or taking more of the right risks. Richard Brooks, who is a really well-known trainer in the creating a life vision kind of world and went to one of his workshops uh, back in the day, really good stuff. But he uses words, I think what I like is around the term discipline. And it's like, it, it sounds like you're in trouble it's such a, it's kind of a challenging word, Um, but what it, what it comes down to is things in our language. Now, let me, let me talk about words like have to, does this sound familiar? I must, I never, oh, it's going to be difficult. And and notice things like the price we have to pay or the pain we have to go through, pain for gain, the struggle. And I even catch myself doing this too with my vocabulary. And what it, turns into is that work is a right a four letter word you ever hear that before when i was growing up my parents talked about work had to be difficult and hard and it was this awful thing that you went to and you you clocked in and you clocked out and you somehow survived it and i just don't think that's the way life has to be and and in the end you have to have discipline to get through it it's like the survival sort of thing that we go through and, and no wonder we end up caving, right? It's all set up for for failure and for people to to give up. So think about it this way. I look at it, you could spend the next 20 years giving life everything you have, having as much fun as you can, enjoying every day, trying to love every minute of it. And by the way, you don't hit all your goals and you fail. You're it's you fail miserably. Or you can spend the next 20 years stressed out, negative, overworked, angry, scared, full of fear, pissed off, is that a good word? And you hit every goal. Either way, the time is going to pass. And and the reality is you don't control that end result, right? That time's going to pass. And whether you make it or not, that time's going to be gone. And that's why so many people, they, there's a quote, very, very financially successful people are so negative, and dead right they they go they they spend their life just working and working and i'm going to reach these goals and i'm going to i'm going to hit it and then they do and they either a realize how unfulfilling it is or they're dead they're so stressed out their health is gone and in the end it's kind of hard to see that and the process gets lost in the the whole thing because you're you're striving that end goal whatever that result is supposed to be is everything. And and the process just kind of, we lose sight of it. So um, we're going to get into some steps, some things that you can do very quickly to potentially solve that. But in the what we should have done segment, uh, right in uh, chapter 10, what we were going through, and I talk about just the the whole process of caregiving. And I said, I write in the book, in 2008, Kay was running her eighth 2030 polo event. And she was the executive director. And this was a big event that we would do. She was, I say it it was an intense job. She quarterbacked the auction, ran the day-to-day operations, managed the financials, assisted all the volunteers, and she loved every bit of it. Now this event is actually to this day, still the largest polo fundraiser, I believe, West of the Mississippi. So I continue. Unfortunately, taking care of Graham and Gramps had also become a full-time job. Graham wasn't realized, real, reliable about paying bills, and she continued to bounce checks. Neither she nor Gramps had any business driving a car. And keep in mind that uh, Kay was, was pregnant at this time. One day I passed Kay's desk, and we, uh, we both, we both had, were working at home at the time, and I said, I think it's time to make a change. She looked at me with a worried expression and she answered, we have jobs, another little one on the way. I said to her, it's an, with an agonizing tone, plus we have to take care of both grandma gramps. We need to figure out something soon because their needs are growing with each passing day. We've been delaying the conversation with them about assisted living and, and really finding better solutions, I, again, probably in denial Kay would have to start planning to help them every day. And I hadn't committed to any certain direction yet, but I was good at, I was really good at asking challenging questions. Kay side, you think now is the time? She asked me, if we don't figure this out now, when will we figure it out? I shrugged. How do we take care of the grandparents and still run our life? And if we're not taking care of them, then who will? She said, I love my role as an executive director. She said, I and I'm not sure I want to give it up. It seems like we're victims of the situation. Now, I don't know if we were really victims. I I think we were just not understanding how this whole process was going to unfold. And as we talked, we realized that more than a year and a half we had spent, uh, actually the last year and a half up to that point, at Graham and Gramps' house. And I, I write, we would meet them at a restaurant or join them at their church function or chauffeuring them to family events. The crazy crazy thing was that even though the caretaking workload was increasing, we were enjoying it. We really were. We were having a great time with the process, even though we were in denial on some of the things we should have been doing. Just a quick break to let you know that today's podcast is sponsored by the Amazon Associates Program, which is one of the largest affiliate networks in the world that helps content creators publishers and website owners monetize their traffic inspiration this week uh, from a story i mentioned uh, chloe she uh i saw this and I, I thought it was just so motivating no matter where you're at in your life but she weighed 256 pounds she was 26 years old and in, in her own words she said i would refuse to weigh in at the doctor so i wouldn't get the your weight is a little higher than the last time you were here conversation she said she had Many lose-gain cycles over the last 10 years in the combination of smoking, using food to cope, not exercising, and being in an extremely toxic work environment took its, took its toll on her both mentally and physically. She just felt alone. And On the day of, she said on her 26th birthday, I I'd, I'd, was had a gathering with her local friends uh, at a bar, local bar with her friends. And to, to be honest, she says, I don't have a lot of memories from that night. But what I do remember was being very intoxicated intoxicated and getting into a fender bender on my way home the next day I had a trip planned to South Carolina to visit a friend the entire trip trip I was reflecting on my birthday how my life was going up to that point and I felt really sad how did I let myself get there she said she she knew she had to change so she quit her job right got rid of that stress and for for me she says her aha moment was learning that the following, following the latest trendy diet or eating plan just wasn't working. It wasn't long-term. She says, I also learned that there isn't a perfect diet for everyone. We're all different. What may work for me will not work for someone else and vice versa. What worked for me was listening to what my body needed in order to heal. I love that word. In order to heal. It wasn't about losing weight. It was healing. She said, I love food and I believe, I believe you should enjoy it. One of the things that she did, she joined the fit girls. I guess it's an online community. I don't know that much about it, but it's a jumpstart for women trying to lose weight and and they provided easy meals and workouts. And I thought I'd just share what she eats now just so you get a feel for it. She says breakfast, a cup of water, uh, with some electrolyte powder followed by a scoop of protein powder in my coffee. Uh, let's see, lunch, she says, uh, brunch kick, two eggs scrambled, one chicken sausage, a cucumber, a feta salad, sparkling water, and some sort of dietary fat, maybe eggs or some sort of um, kitchen salad dressing over a, a simple salad. Snacks, slices of turkey, carrots, blueberries. Typically, lunch, she says, is pretty substantial. Dinner, she says, I try to, to cook at least three meals at home during the week. Uh, lately, she's been having salmon with green beans, jasmine rice, turkey burgers, mixed green salad, smashed cauliflower. By the way, have you tried that? Really good stuff. And Brussels sprouts. I hated Brussels sprouts when I was a kid, but now I love it. And then dessert, ice cream. She said I have a few. She, has, she says she has it a few times a week, and she found the right kind of exercise, which was kickboxing. Try to, And I, I encourage you, if you're out there trying to stay in shape, and we're all battling it, especially as we age, find activities that you really like to do. I mean, I lift and I run, but I I try to find other things, whether it's walking or like she found kickboxing and it took her four years. She lost a hundred pounds. The big thing is, was, was she fell in love with that whole process of getting herself into shape. And again, the end result wasn't it. It was about healing. And over time and working at it, but falling in love with that whole process. And, and we'll talk about, again, here shortly, how you can do this. So what's holding you back? Because there is something that's probably holding you back from falling in love with the process. Success is a slow process and quitting does not speed it up. I saw that quote from Jeffrey Fry. Again, success is a slow process and quitting does not speed it up, Right. So how do you fall in love with this process? And when we talk about how do you fall in love with the journey uh, versus just fighting to get to that result, there's some myths about passion and motivation. And, and this is something over, especially the last, gosh, five or six years I've really taken seriously is that, um, especially when you talk about people being in the gym or um, athletics, there's this myth that you you just got to be motivated every day. You got to find that passion, which is true about your goals and your, your vision of where you're going. But one of the things you got to look at is, and people will say, well, is it just genetics or luck or talent? And I'm sure those are all factors into it, but there's a, there's a quote actually, and I, I can't remember who who said it. i found it. It comes down to who can handle the boredom of training every day. And this was an example of us Olympic athletes who become incredible and, and a lot of times win medals. It comes down to who can handle the boredom of training every day doing the same lifts over and over and over again and literally falling in love with that process. So it's that different kind of thinking here's some just quick things as you're 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 figuring out your process and again you're you're falling in love with it. You're figuring out which one works for you. Number one, reward yourself for the effort, right? Secondly, don't wait until you fully reach the goal to applaud yourself. Find those little things, whether it's each day. So maybe you did a walk today or walk tomorrow, whatever it might be. Re- reward yourself for that. Every <laughs> if you're eating celery every morning, lunch, and dinner, God bless you. But it's going to be hard to keep that process going. Uh, turn your your like to that the dislike into something of I, I like this process now. I feel good about it. And maybe that's more mental, right? Exercise. Paint that picture of, of capturing your positive emotions. It's so emotionally based, but visualize them. And then how do we get there? And, and what if instead of saying, pay the price or I have to do this, you change it to, I want to do this. I feel good about it. I feel good about where I'm going. This is a gift for me in my life. And what if uh, not only are you loving it, but you're, it's a calling for you. You're now compelled to do it, right? Cause you're, you're in love with it. You, 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 you feel like every single day you can achieve the goals, whether you're exhausted, whether you're tired, cause the end result again, doesn't matter. It's where you're trying to go. And is your vision, is it actually big enough? And does it pull you through? We've talked about that in the last couple of podcasts. Maybe you're chasing things that you don't want. Maybe you're chasing goals and dreams that were old, outdated, something your friend or your your parent encouraged you to do. Also, why are you doing it? You're on, you want to focus on what you're doing, why you're doing it, and, and why it brings pleasure to you and how it honors you. And potentially, how does it honor your family, your kids, your wife, friends? siblings, your mate, whoever might be. What I do is each quarter, I like to write down uh, the vision for me for that quarter. And then I read it each morning. I try to read it each night. And I almost as Richard Brook, he always talked about it being like a mini movie. You're creating a mini movie of your life. You can even put your favorite music into it. And and it's not an event. This movie isn't the end. Because remember in the end, most movies, what? Everybody, everything works out perfect. Everyone lives, everyone survives, everyone, the guy gets the girl, the girl gets the guy. The reality is that what you're trying to work on is a process. And, and so often we think the goals are the results, but really the goals are the process, the process of getting there. And here are some just real quick examples. When people talk about language, many people see health as if I just lose 20 pounds, I'll be in shape. Maybe if you have a business or you're an entrepreneur, if we could just get our business featured in some major magazine, or we could come up with some innovative hook to our product, we'd be set. Those are the types of things that affect people's language, because you're saying if, if this happened, then the result would be, instead of, what if we created a process or a system for our business, for ourselves for our life, for our family, that in the end may get us to where we want to go, but the reality is we're going to enjoy the journey that we're there and we're going to fall in love with the process. So thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. I just really quick wanted to go through that and and maybe this will inspire you to not only find that journey and find that process, but maybe to avoid the depression that comes when if if the results are all that you're looking at. But it was great to connect today. Please keep the feedback coming. Um, I I know, uh, again, I appreciate everybody that's buying the book, The Unlikely Felon. It's still staying in the top 10 of its category, which Kay and I are just so grateful for. So really appreciate it. I hope you have a great week. This is W.C. Young. Remember, sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy WC's new book, sign up for the newsletter and see his speaking engagement schedule.